Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're talking about the uh, the press conferences and the media availability today. So, again, schedule for during the season. Mondays, we're going to go back over everything that happened in the game after I get a chance to watch it again. Tuesdays, we've got McChesney. Wednesdays, we're going through the media availabilities because I get to talk to people on Tuesday and Wednesday, so we can just wrap all that stuff up on Wednesday, which is today, and that's the plan. Uh, Thursday, we are going to talk about the upcoming game because tonight and tomorrow morning, I'll finally get a chance to watch Texas A&M. Um, actually, I watched the first quarter of that game this morning. I had time to do that, and I'll probably get through a couple more quarters tonight, close it out tomorrow, and be good to go. Uh, and We'll just run through everything we need to know about Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M. Then on Friday, we're going to have a live show. It'll be me, my guy, Andre Simone. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure, let's see, well, what did I have planned? Oh, we're going to like build a game plan. We're going to uh, play that over-under game again. That's a fun one. What, what else was there? I think there was one more thing I was pretty excited about. Oh, the stock report. We're going to start things off with the stock report. Whose stock is up, whose stock is down, who you buying, who you selling, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a good time. Then Saturday, I'll be going to the game with Superstar Dev again. And after the game, Dev and I uh, have a pretty fun show planned. Uh, so that's the plan for the week. And uh, let's see. I guess I should say that will probably start around 7, I would guess. It kind of depends on how fast media availability goes. And we got to get back to the DMVR bar. Speaking of the DMVR bar, um, it opens at 10 on Saturday. There's going to be buses going to the game starting at, or, at 11. 
and it's party bus. There's like beer on the bus, um, and then it'll get you to the game, and uh, it'll get you back from the game. I think it costs twenty dollars. It's a great deal because again, it includes free beer. You don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to pay for an Uber. You just park down by the DMVR bar. There's plenty of parking around that part of town, and uh, should be a good day. And again, it takes you back to the DMVR bar, which is where we're going to record the show after the game. All fits together. Going to be a lot of fun, um, and I'm excited. Um, before we jump into everything that I've learned in the last couple days, um, which is first we heard from Carl Durrell, then we heard from Nate Landman, then we heard from Brendan Lewis, and then today we heard from Danny Langsdorf, the quarterback's coach, and then I had a chance to catch up with Chris Miller, the safety, and uh, Makai Blackman, the cornerback, and I've got I've got a conversation with Makai, probably like eight minutes maybe. Um, it's good catching up with him today, and then I'll play that at the end of the show. So if, if that's all you're interested in, feel free to jump to like probably about eight minutes left in the show, maybe like ten minutes left in the show, and uh, you can uh, hear what Makai had to say. He he was he's fun. Um, so that's the plan. Real quick, though, the Colorado XOs, uh, they, they play at Infinity Park in Glendale. And even though it's the offseason, there's a lot going on there. They've uh, they've got movies that they're playing outside. They've got uh, concerts and that stuff. If you go to infinitypark@glendale.com slash events, you can check out all of the different things that are going on out there. You should definitely do that because it's a good time and they're good people and they make this podcast possible. All right. We've got a lot of notes today. Um First of all, Carl Durrell, uh, the, the big news from yesterday, and we touched on this yesterday with McChesney, but we've got uh, Robert Barnes. He's likely to be back this week. I think Carl said it was, a, it was a soft tissue injury, and they feel good about him being back this week. That's big, and we've talked about this a little bit, but um, again, without him, it turns out Chris Miller turns out to be the uh, dime linebacker, the money guy. And so Chris lines up in the slot during the nickel package, moves inside during the dime package next to Nate, and that's when Makai moves into the slot spot that Chris is usually in, and it brings Nigel Bethel onto the field. It's all right, but to, to be honest, there were times when Chris Miller was kind of getting pushed around out there when he was playing linebacker, which is what you expect. And for the most part, when you're in your dime package, you aren't too worried about the run, but they went to that a couple of times on second downs, and it caused issues. If you want more on that, go back to Monday's podcast where we really dug in. Um, but obviously having a guy like Robert Barnes back, who's a little bit bigger player, somebody who can take on some blocks and, and play the run game a little bit more, that that makes things better for Colorado. Um, especially because Texas A&M, they're going to spread, spread the offense out a little bit. They're going to have four wide receivers and... They're going to throw the ball around and do that sort of thing. And having a guy like Robert Barnes you can keep in the box, cover well and, and cover up maybe just a little bit for Nate Landman, who's more of a downhill player, still be able to play the run. It seems like a combination that should work really well. It's exciting to have him back. Also, Frank Phillip is ahead of schedule. He's uh, He was the starting right tackle last year, likely starting left tackle this year, I think, once we get into the swing of things. Talked about this all with McChesney yesterday, but there's going to be some rotation on the offensive line. It sounds like, though, Frank Phillip, who we expected back probably around the start of conference play, could be back in time for that Minnesota game next week because he is ahead of schedule. Um, he's back practicing now. He just started a couple days ago. 
and uh, obviously getting a starting tackle back would make things better. Um, on top of that, Mustafa Johnson was cleared to start practicing yesterday on Tuesday. Um, again, he uh, he declared for the draft, signed with an agent, went through that whole process, but never signed an NFL contract. So we just needed to get a waiver to play again, although that comes with a suspension because, you know, he did sign an agent and do all those sorts of things. Still don't know the timeline on the suspension, according to Carl, but it's likely to be sometime in October that he gets back. Um, again, though, he's, he's started practicing, and Carl said that it's good for him to be able to start practicing because you know he's in good shape, but you, you still just need that buildup before a football season, and he's going to have a chance to do that while serving the suspension. Um, again, on top of that, in terms of just kind of the other topics of conversation, you know, he talked a lot about, uh, the, the, the game he played the day before 9-11, which for those of you who don't know, that was a game that he was coaching with the Broncos at the time. And the Broncos were playing the Giants on September 10th, 2001. Uh, I think it was a Monday night game. And Ed McCaffrey, who now coaches Northern Colorado, he actually broke his leg in that game. And so he, he talked through that whole experience, being back in Denver, doing that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, this is kind of the anniversary. He's going to be back in the same uh, stadium. Well, I think the game is actually on the 12th. Maybe it is the 11th. 9, 10, 11. So, no, it will be on the anniversary. So that's going on as well. Um brought up the penalties again not a, not a huge surprise we've we've heard his thoughts on all the penalties that Colorado got against Northern Colorado um he's not a fan said we need to clean that up and against good teams we really can't afford to do that sort of thing um and then on, on Brendan Lewis and we'll close things out with Carl here here's a quote he said it wasn't a lot of throws and I think we left some plays out there in those 15 throws um, we just have to get that timing continually worked on as we go through weeks of practice. I feel like the, the passing game is really going to come along pretty soon. It's good stuff. Um, again, he did say there were some plays out there and we'll, we'll, we'll get to Danny Langsdorf in a second, but he agreed. Um, again, I, th- I think that the fans were pretty low on Brendan Lewis's performance, kind of just because of the the shape that it took. You know, in that first quarter when you sit there and watch football for an hour and nothing good is happening, it's tough to come back from that. And going 10 for 15 total for 100 yards, some rushing yards, that kind of stuff, it, it isn't quite enough to be like, oh, okay, he figured it out. They put up big numbers. But but it was solid. Carl said it was solid. Danny agreed it's solid. Um, Brendan said it was decent. And we can let's just jump into him next. He said, I played decent. Um, he's going to keep getting better every week. He says that in particular, playing against Texas A&M is going to be uh, good for him in terms of his development. He's playing up against a whole bunch of NFL guys, and that's valuable. Um, playing in the Broncos stadium, he, he made a little joke. He said, uh, it's probably not as cool as playing in the Cowboys stadium, but uh, I'm sure it was good. Yeah, you know, Texas guy. Um, he also said he isn't too worried about playing against Texas it's not something that he really focuses on because it's his home state um he did say though in that first game he he had some nerves and that was something last week when we had a chance to talk to Brendan he said he wasn't worried about nerves he said that he doesn't really get nervous before games but then yesterday he said you know when you get out there's 50,000 people watching for the first time 
you know, it's just something that happens. And he's not worried going forward. Uh, Carl also said he's not really worried about the nerves going forward. Um, just something you got to get over. And he got over it in that first game. Um, again, in terms of the performance, it's, it's about the stuff that you'd expect. He said um, he has to get the ball out faster. And that's really what he's been working on. Again, we're talking with McChesney yesterday. What we decide... Brendan Lewis took 3.78 seconds to throw the ball on average. That was the sixth longest out of 208 quarterbacks or something like that this week in college football. Yeah, it needs to come out just a little bit faster. Um, uh, I guess kind of the last real note from Brendan. Here's a quote. He said, uh, it's important to get your playmakers the ball. I don't like throwing interceptions, but I do need to take more chances and have a little bit more trust in my guys because they're really good at what they do. Again, that's kind of what we talked about. Um, A lot of the throws that he made were some of the shorter throws, things where, you know, you've got three receivers on the sideline and they're going to spread the two uh, defenders that are over there and Brendan just needs to see which one's open. He's good at that kind of stuff. In terms of Brendan Rice running a, a dig route downfield, um, against man coverage, those are the throws that, that weren't quite there for Brendan in that first game. Um, and I don't know why. Um, whether it's, I mean, he said it is kind of just trusting them and, and throw them the ball when they're about to be open. Um, but he waited until they were open, and usually that means that they're covered by the time you can throw the ball. I, I, I've said this a few times this week, but I think that when you see something like that, especially against a team like Northern Colorado, it's not quite as concerning just because you know that the focus really was not turning the ball over. And if you're if you're 80% sure, well, just, just hold the ball because there's no reason to risk it. Um, we'll, we'll see what he looks like because this week you can't afford to do that. If the defense gives you something, when you're playing Texas A&M, the number five team in the country, you've got to take it. That's just a fact of playing a good football team. Um, we can move on to Nate now, wrap up the press conference yesterday. Um, again, he's, he said this a couple times this week, um, said after the game, but there's just a lot of potential when you play a team like Texas A&M. You know, he said that, that there is the kind of a big game feeling that comes when you play in the Broncos stadium. Um, this is a game that can put them back on the the map. Um, put the program back where it used to be is, is another phrase he used. And that's kind of been the tone. And I think that for Nate going into his senior year, that's really the focus, right? I think that when you look at what his legacy is at Colorado, sure, he's what he, he has the most fourth down stops of anybody in the history of Colorado. He's tied for the most third down stops. He's quickly climbing the tackle charts. Um, he's the first All-American that Colorado's had since 2011. That was the longest gap that Colorado's had without an All-American since the 70s, the 60s, something like that. Um, and, and so he does have a lot of like the personal accolades to back up his career here. But winning a game against Texas A&M, that, that is a big step. And when you're Nate, you, you know that you don't have any more opportunities to do things like that. This is kind of it. Um, and if you do beat Texas A&M, well, all of a sudden you're back where you were. Um, and you know, you, you, you lose to USC, you lose to Arizona state, then things change, but you start the season two and O with a, a win over Texas A&M, you will get respect. Um, and you're going to be treated, you're going to be ranked. Um, and, and that's where in Nate's mind, this program should be. 
can really, really tell that this is a big week for him. Um, and again, it's not, that shouldn't come as a surprise, but he really has emphasized that. Um, I think he, he also, oh, actually this is a note from Carl. I'm not sure why it got stuck in here, but, uh, he said that this Texas A&M team, it's talented like Texas was. Um, they've got good linemen. They've got good skill. Um, and they've got good team speed. And that's kind of what you expect from a program like this. Um, interesting note. Comparing it to Texas, maybe not. <laughs> don't love that considering what happened in that game, like 55-23 or whatever. Um, but back to Nate. Um, he talked about Mustafa. He said that Mustafa is one of the best leaders on this team. And so getting him back on top of what he can obviously do in terms of just playing football, it's valuable to have him back in a leadership position. Um, he said that he's watched the, the Ralphie video. He said about eight times said that that's the greatest tradition in college football. I mean, that's not really news though. Um, on Texas A&M, he said, they're a great offense. We're a great defense. I'm excited for that matchup on Saturday. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, let's uh, real quick. You know, like I said, we've uh, we've got the bus going from the DMVR bar. Definitely get in on that if you uh, don't want to blow a bunch of money parking at the stadium. Um, but also because it's a good place to hang out and get an hour to hang out before the game. Uh, as long as you want to hang out after the game, uh, really great food down at the bar at York and Colfax in Denver, um, Wagyu beef burgers, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, really can't go wrong. Also, if you want to uh, get a membership to DMVR, you would get a big beer for the size of a small beer down at the bar. I think like it's like 24 ounce versus 16 ounces. It's like 50% more beer if you're a member for the exact same price. Bunch of perks like that. Plus, of course, you can read the things I wrote. I just published a, a, a story on Chris Miller and Makai Blackman because I talked to them, specifically Makai, and there's some fun details in there. And you'll get to hear a lot of them at the end of the show. Um, but things like he's been working with the receivers, uh, on the jugs machine after practice, which is new this year. Um, we talked a lot about what he saw from the interception, stuff like that. I mean, Chris Miller too. Um, there's stuff in there from him excited that they've got a couple of different guys, Texas A&M does that they can put in the slot. Um, whether it's Hunter Weidermeyer, uh, who I think is the best tight end in the country. Um, whether it's Anais Smith, who is, he was a receiver who switched to running back last year and now plays this like hybrid position where, you know, they'll run triple option with, with him kind of being the, the guy who could catch the pitch. They'll they'll rotate him out in the slot. Um, and for for Chris, who's going to spend a lot of the game, if not all of the game, in the slot, he's going to be assigned to both those guys, the tight end and Anaya Smith. Um, so we got to talk about that a little bit. That's all in the story. And so definitely uh, subscribe. And if you use the code CAMP2021, get $60 off a yearly membership. Or, or sorry, a $60 gift card to the DMVR locker. And uh, there's a bunch of good stuff in there, including some stuff with Nate um, once our NIL deal stuff becomes public. But um, that should be soon. Also, Breckenridge Brewery. Um, they're one of our best partners. They've been with us for forever and also... They uh, they make our tailgates possible. Doesn't sound like we're gonna have one for the A and M game. We'll have one for the rest of the uh, 
football games, the home games this season. They've been a lot of fun. Evan Batty's been hanging out a bunch. We've got a bunch of people hanging out a bunch. Um, and Breckenridge makes all that possible by giving us beer for those. Um, also by giving us money so that I can have a job covering the buffs and having this podcast. The least you could do, buy some beers from them. They're really good. Uh, I personally like the Strawberry Sky. You can't go wrong with any of them, though. And if there's one particular beer you want to try or seltzer you want to try, Go to breckbrew.com, click on the beer locator, and then just it'll just say click on what, what beer you want. Type in your zip code. It'll show you on a map all the different places that have that in stock. Uh, it's a great tool. It's a great beer. We love them. Also, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, DraftKings has a bunch of promotions, um, and right now they have two that you really should get in on. Um, the first is for new users only and that promotion is if you bet one dollar on any game in the nfl slate this weekend you will get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly it's a great sign up offer you won't do better than that all you've got to do is use the code dmvr also they've moved the spread for the uh what is that that's the buccaneers cowboys game tomorrow night thursday night to plus 73 for the Buccaneers. So all you got to do is log on. Um, you can bet up to $50. And as long as the, the Bucks don't lose like 74 to zero or 75 to one or 76 to two, or whatever, um, you double your money. And so that's a great deal, even if you aren't a new user. So don't pass that up. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. And new customers bet $1 on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with promo code DMVR. This week, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Uh, Free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Max wager limits apply. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, real quick. The uh, DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going, it's a bit of a homer pick here. We're taking the Broncos to cover against the Giants. The Giants are not good. People want to pretend that they're getting better. They aren't. They're a bad football team. The Broncos, they're a pretty medium football team. And uh, they shouldn't have much trouble beating the Giants. Broncos are currently favored by three. They're actually, uh, it's minus 105 for that, which is a little bit better odds than usual. Um, That's the pick of the week. Broncos minus three against the Giants on Sunday. Okay, uh, so now into what we learned today. Like I said, Danny Langsdorf went to the podium, so we all got to ask some questions there. Um, obviously, the topic of conversation was Brendan Lewis, and in general, Danny was happy with what he saw. Um, he did say like he could have gotten rid of the ball quicker. Um, the team in general didn't play as fast as he'd hoped they would, just kind of right off the bat, but... At the same time, he took care of the ball. And um, in terms of, like, the slow start, um, and he said that, you know, he he just was kind of... I even think he said, use the phrase, slow going through his reads or anything like that, but he did need to get the ball out quicker. And I asked, like, so what is that? Is that um, just being a little risk-averse? Or He said he thinks that the problem was that the defense just wasn't what he expected right off the bat. And we've talked about this a lot, but Northern Colorado... There is no tape on them. You know, 
Ed McCaffrey took over the, for that job like 18 months ago, and they have not played a game. Um, offensive coordinator, his son, had never coached a football game before, so there were some moving pieces, and uh, they, they just didn't know what to expect. And according to uh, Danny... He said that the defense changed the looks and it confused him early in the game. It's stuff he hadn't seen before. He said, nothing major. Don't think it's a big problem. And he got better after the second drive and was really solid. Um, he did say that there were two bad throws. There was one that was an inside slot route that he missed the read on. And I didn't see that. And I'm not sure why that is. Like, it, I mean... You've, you've watched football games on TV. You don't really see what's happening down the field all that much. They zoom in on the quarterback in the pocket. So when you don't have like the, the real tape of the game, you don't get to see some things. And so I'm thinking that must be why I missed it. But then the other one he brought up, he said the one throw that he missed, we all know that one. Um, <laughs> it was the one where he rolled out to the left, which is tough for a right-handed quarterback to do. But still, um, Daniel Arias is wide open on a corner route. Would have been a touchdown, and uh, just missed the throw. Brendan just missed the throw. Um, he did say though um, that he thinks that those two plays probably would have gotten him from like a hundred passing yards to two hundred passing yards, and that that hurts. Um, that hurts. Um, he also said that there were a couple of balls that could have been placed better, um, but for the most part, he was really accurate overall. Um, just hitting guys in stride, that sort of thing. Um, he was really happy that he took care of the ball. Um, and he said, you know, holding the ball is better than forcing the ball. Um, said we want him to be aggressive, but also not careless and game experience is going to be really big for that. Um, I, I also asked him about, uh, the, like whether he was picking up the blitzers and he said that he graded out really well there too. Um, he said that he adjusted three runs because of the looks the defenses were the defense was giving. Um, he said he got us away from three different pressures in that game. That's excellent for a quarterback, or sorry for freshmen. Um, yeah, you know, ability to extend plays is nice, but they also need him to to be able to make more throws just on time within the structure of the offense. Um, a couple of the details he really liked. He said, you know, he carried out the ball fakes. The ball handling was good. Um, he was getting them into the right plays. Um, and then the other big topic was uh, Danny is now coaching from the booth. He's Or no, 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 he was coaching from the booth. Now he's coaching on the sideline. And part of the reason was because Brendan is a young quarterback and it's good to be able to just talk to him face-to-face, you know, instead of, calling through the phone, doing all that sort of stuff. He's able to, you know, look through the plays and show him things and just calm him down a little bit, do that sort of stuff. Um, said it's been good so far. I think that's about it for Danny. Uh, like I said, talk to Chris Miller. Um, not a whole lot there. He said A&M is an opportunity to show what we're made of. Um, he's not concerned about playing a team from Texas. He did say, like, have some grandparents there his family's going to be there um and so that's going to be fun but not he's not too worried about the fact that he's from texas and they're playing a team from texas um he did say that he's he's playing some different positions i wasn't crazy saying that he was playing linebacker last week um he's going to keep just doing whatever the coaches tell him um whether that's a slot whether that's linebacker corner safety whatever but again we know that he's probably just going to be in the nickel 
again, it kind of, it probably depends. Honestly, um, I bet Chris Wilson has schemed up a bunch of different things for Texas A&M. You know, there's the way they think that they can stop this offense, and if that doesn't work, there's a couple backup plans. And that might include him playing linebacker. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, Hunter Weidemeyer, the tight end, um, being, I think, I think Mel Kuyper has him as the number one draft prospect at tight end in the country. Um, they've also got Anaya Smith, who we talked about before, just like can do anything. will line up in the slot and both those guys, if Chris Miller's in the slot, he's going to spend time covering them. And he said, he's excited to be going up against that competition. It's a chance to compare himself to some of the best. Um, and he really was excited about it. He was also excited that they're playing against a, a team that does spread the ball out or spread the, you know, a spread offense. We'll just say they throw the ball around. Um, and it means that more of the pressures on the secondary, um, even though they will run the ball a lot, they've got one of the best running backs in the country and Isaiah Spiller, it's it's Jimbo Fisher offense, and they want to fling the ball around a bit, and he's excited about that. Um, in terms of last week, he said he was really happy with the defense, the effort, the energy, that sort of stuff. Um, and he said those are the two main things on defense, are effort and energy. Um, and now they're just kind of refining things, working on the technique, getting sharper, all that kind of stuff. In terms of this A&M game, he said, I just really want to show who we are as a defense and who we are as a team. So there we go. Um, I guess we'll wrap things up here with Makai Blackman. And like I said, I'm about to play all the audio. Again, we, we, we were talking in that hallway, so there's some echo. There's like other people doing interviews. Did my best. I'm going to edit it a little bit here in a second, make it even better. I listened through it. It's, there might be one or two words that you lose, but for the most part, you should be able to hear everything. Um, before we get into it, I do want to say... Uh, we started by talking about the penalty, um, but I didn't say like what the penalty was. So just for reference, you remember he had the interception and they ran down the field, him and Chris Miller and Mark Perry and celebrated in the other end zone, posed for pictures. It's something that NFL teams do. Like every NFL team, that's how they celebrate turnovers. Um, he said he saw it in a bunch of college football too. Um, but but that's what happened there. That's the penalty. Also, you know, I talked a little bit on Monday about how I really thought that he was baiting the quarterback um, on his interception. And he said that that is what was happening. And, you know, without me saying, did you bait the quarterback? So something else to keep an ear out for. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's one that you see where – it's like, yeah, there was some space in front of the the receiver, and it looked like there was a place to put the ball. But if you look at Makai on that play, he's very obviously like not running full speed and hanging back a little bit. And everything that he said really does add up. So I believe him when he says that, you know, that's what was going on. Um, also mentioned that he thinks Robert Barnes is going to be able to uh, to to cover. Uh, Hunter Weidemeyer, I think he calls him number 85. 85 is that tight end. Um, I don't know. Just an interesting thing there, although he did say that they have a bunch of different plans. Um, so, yeah, uh, here's here's my conversation with Makai Blackman, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow. And we'll be talking about this Texas A&M team, digging into Hunter Weidemeyer, Nia Smith, um, the rookie quarterback who's throwing a bunch of interceptions, um, everything else too, scheme-wise and how you stop them, that kind of stuff. Should be a good time. And uh, then Friday, like I said, 
live with Dre. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing the stock report, going through a bunch of players, all that kind of stuff. It's gonna be a good time. And Saturday after the game, we'll have the DMVR buffs after dark, which will actually be before dark, around seven probably. That's the plan for the week, and then we'll be on to Minnesota. Here's Mikai Blackman. Uh, practice going good. Everybody's getting back in the shape of things. I know Carl and a couple of the other guys have said that there's an emphasis on not getting penalties this week. As, first of all, you know NFL guys they run down the. Didn't know that was. A, I don't think anybody right. did. But I also seen a lot of games this weekend too. Uh, TCU did the same thing. Didn't get a flag, so I don't know. But I guess I'll just be smarter this time. Now we know. Yeah. Luckily it's that game, not this week. Yeah. You know, is it, what, what's that like in practice having? like an emphasis on no penalties is it something you notice or is that just conversations after practice mm, i think you just got to have a consciousness of like knowing uh penalties are hurt us in, in the long run so everybody's just trying to be smart uh stay composed like you make a good play just you know like act like you've been there before and holding and things like that that's going to happen but just limiting it is what uh we're emphasizing um you know this week you've got texas a&m top five team in the country they're yeah. coming up here you get to play in an nfl stadium um, what is that like, gearing up for such a big game, nationally televised game, a lot of people tuning in? Uh, us being an underdog, you know, um, we got a lot to prove. Um, this is not a situation we haven't been in before, so we dealt with this last year in Texas. I've been here, we played Nebraska, we were the underdogs. So uh, just us being tired of, uh, feel like, the underdogs, little brother, um, we feel like it's our time to uh, prove ourselves. Great team, but, you know, we're working hard to uh, prove ourselves as we can. For you in particular, I mean, I get with with Robert Barnes back, maybe he slides in the linebacker spot. Chris goes to the corner, the slot. I'm not sure how that'll work, but you uh, you were in the slot a lot last week. This week against Texas A&M, you've got you know the, the tight end Weidemeyer who's going to be lining up in the slot. You've got that rule number zero, uh, the running back receiver guy who plays a lot in the slot. And those are some of the most talented players in the country. People pay attention to them. How exciting is that to have those guys going up against you? Um, then how, how much does that kind of fire you up? Um, once again, uh, we're being the underdogs. Um, I feel like we got a lot to prove. Uh, we got a lot of different things going on for us against those two guys. Uh, so we're just ready to play. Uh, secondary as a whole, how, how do you think you guys matched in that first game last week? Uh, we gave up like two explosive passes. Um, other than that, we were good, but uh, two is too many. So uh, this week we're working on giving them no explosive play. So that's what we're working on. I'm sure you've gone back and watched the Texas A&M first game. Yeah. A couple plays where you know they have a freshman quarterback, got a little pressure, ball, yeah. yeah, and he, he fired the ball into some tight windows that weren't there. And got to be exciting for you as a cornerback yeah, seeing that, right? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're ready. Yeah. Does does what does that mean for you when you see like the, the ball is going to be potentially in harm's way with the freshman quarterback? Um, just capitalizing on it, and then that's a way for us to uh, get points for the um, offense, potentially pick sixes and things like that. So. Uh, just giving giving the ball back as much as possible is like what we're looking for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I think uh, you, you know with Robert Barnes potentially coming back, how does that change what you do defensively? Um, just Robert, he's uh, very versatile. He'll be able to match up against 85 really good. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, we have a lot of different looks for this weekend, so we'll just see. You you had the number change. What was what was the reason for that? Uh, I wore six my senior year in high school. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I like the number six. It's my favorite number, so I just wear that this year. Do you think that there's any more chemistry 
this year, you know, I guess, I guess Christian's mostly on the opposite side, but yeah. you know, we've got Chris Miller in the slot for the most part. Does does that chemistry kind of build? Uh, most definitely, especially with the coaching staff. This is our second year. Uh, me and Chris have played together, and so has Isaiah, but we've never had like the same coaching staff two years in a row. So that that is like a big improvement for us. And then us, we're also close. And as we get older, like we're only going to get more close. So um, I don't know. We've been having really a lot of fun together with this camp. We got to have a real camp this past um, off season. So I don't know. Like um, I feel like we're clicking good together. We just need more experience. Like as the season goes on. Uh, on your interception last week, um, no, can you just walk me through what happened there? Um, I was playing over. It was corners over. Uh, I motioned over. Uh, I was on a normal receiver. He uh, gave like a walk-off release. He stalled a little bit. And I knew he was coming out because he motioned out. He was leaning. And then all I, I just made the quarterback act like I was playing a little more inside. And then he overthrew it, which he didn't think I was going to be there. My, I just closed faster than he thought I was. Yeah. And that was kind of my question because it kind of did look like you were baiting him. Yeah. Because he had some separation underneath, yeah. um, some space, but you weren't really like going full speed. Yeah. I'm trying to let him get to where he wanted to get so the quarterback could throw the ball. Regardless if he'd have thrown a better ball or not, I would have closed in on it. He wouldn't have caught the ball. But uh, luckily he overthrew it. Tips and overthrows, got to get those. So I just capitalized on the mistakes. Did you did you spend much time? When did you start thinking about baiting quarterbacks? Was that mm. your, your first couple starts or did that take some time? Mm. Uh, yeah, to be honest, it takes like a little time. You gotta be confident with what you're doing first, and then over time, like you'll say, like okay, maybe I could be more crafty with this, more crafty with that. So uh, over time, like I just started like last year, I could have had way more interceptions, but just dropping them. So this year, the emphasis I've been like working with jugs, receivers after practice, me, Christian Gonzalez, and Mark Perry have all been like catching balls as like real receivers after practice to to get in turnovers. No, are the receivers there with you when you're? Yeah, you're using we'll, the we'll all trade off on the jugs. Huh. And that's new this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what what have your conversations with Christian been like? You know, as he kind of takes the step from year one to year two and tries to develop his game a little bit. Uh, I'm still trying to just keep him improving his confidence. Um, like I said, he's going to be one of the best corners in the conference right now. So just him uh, being more of a leader, being um, more confident is just like what he needs to work on. But like he's made a big jump last year. He was way more quiet, but this year he's communicating. He's uh, doing what I was doing with him last year, which was trying to get the freshman more ready. So now me and him both together are like feeding off to the rest of the group, which is really good. Uh, for you as somebody who is more proven, you know, maybe not the recognition that you'd like to yeah. have at this point, but, but still showing up on like some of the all Pac-12 lists, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's it like having a, a potentially locked down cornerback on the other side, meaning that maybe a few more balls do go your way? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it's basically off competition so I, like as much as I want Gonzo to get the ball he wants me to get the ball so like it's like we're in a friendly competition it's not a competition like bad wise like we're not hitting on each other we're both trying to get to the top because we know we aren't respected really in the Pac-12 but this year we're trying to prove that. Going up against Jimbo Fisher's offense you know a, a lot of spread looks a lot of speed out on the field you know 
it's not like going up against Stanford, for example, where they want to put a bunch of tight ends out there yeah. and kind of pound the ball. Yeah. Is, is that more fun for you to, um, to know that the, they're going to be using the passing game quite a bit? Yeah, most definitely. It's basically like we're playing a Pac-12 team. Pac-12 is like one of the most passing conferences. Um, so uh, this is just getting us ready for um, regular conference. This is no different than we've seen in the past. Have there been any like firm goals that, that you know, Chris Wilson set, any of the coaches have set in terms of this week? Mm-hmm. Just stopping the run, continue to do what we do. We don't, our goals never change. Stop the run. Uh, no deep, no deep balls, no seams, no posts. So that's pretty much it. Awesome. Uh, any any personal goals this week? Mm, just get the W. Right now, just get the W. No touchdown passes given. Get the W.